0: How we doing? Get that out of here. Merry Christmas, uh, happy snow day. (laughs) You know what's awesome about the snow day? Is that it was a snow day. You know what's not awesome about the snow day? Try again. Try. Who said that? You are correct. It wasn't on a school day. That was the only negative thing about that. Hello, I'm the guest It's not a guest, don't ever call me a guest, because I'll be hurt so bad if that's what you said of me. You know what else would hurt me, you did not, you know what else would hurt me so bad? It would hurt me so bad if, I'm just making this up as I go, so I don't really know what I'm about to say next, neither do you, it would hurt me so bad if, help me out, you were right the first time, what would hurt me so bad? Someone punched me in the face, that would hurt me so bad, yeah, um, yeah. Hey, who won the Cahoots thingy? Keats and I one day. Keith, are you in here? If he's not, hey, someday me and you, maybe on a Wednesday, I don't know, we need to come up here and play the real Cahoots in the room of all 500 million people that are in here and see who can guess it and give them a million dollars if they do. Yeah, live game. Anyway, who won the Cahoots game? You did really? No? Who won? But who's that? Is it you, or is it like, a, your, did you cheat, or was it your friends, or is it you? Huh? It's you? Hey, since it's you, here you go. Passes back to him. Since he, you might have had friends, but I don't know what size you are, but uh, it's rude to ask in front of all these people. So uh, you can have that t-shirt. I got some t-shirts I'm going to give away. These t-shirts are actually... Uh, I'll tell you about it a little more later. I I do want to highlight this this morning. But um, these are, I've been privileged to be part of a program we're starting up. Drew Anderson runs this thing. It's called Gap Program. Yeah, you've heard about it? So this is a cool logo that you have to explain to get. It's like the helmet of a warrior and a G and the negatives. I don't get it. But anyway, it's really cool and it's long sleeve. So I'm going to give a few of these away just because Drew gave me some and I'm going to give them away. What would you say? Why are y'all, what? oh ha look at that yeah can you see the helmet i don't but anyway it's cool it's cool yeah we'll talk about that in a minute there'll be a new student meeting i am going to highlight that but that's not the, all i'm talking about today that'd be ridiculous um but i do want to start here what time do i have to stop talking keats what time do i stop talking and say bye-bye Twelve fifty? 50 okay 12 12 15 great because i can talk forever and We can just have fun and not even talk about the Bible, but we're going to. Don't worry. Hey, um, you. what? Hey, how'd you do that? There you go. That's it. Like I said, it's the thing and the deal and the negative. Woo hoo! Um, what am I doing? Oh yeah. Hey, if anybody, hey, if you brought a friend today, you don't have to raise your hand. Like the friend, you don't friend. If you're here new, that's okay. But if you brought the friend, let me let me. Anybody? You brought a friend, you get a shirt. That's all I want to know. You don't even have to introduce your friend, you don't have to do anything, I'm not saying anything like that. Uh, That's the smallest I got, sorry. But anyway, yeah, or you can give it to your friend. Your friend's probably at your right or your left, but I'm not going to embarrass your friend. No, you don't have to. But anyway, um, hey friend, I'm Jason, nice to meet you. Hey, listen, I have a question, and I've got two more t-shirts to give away. Here's my question. And I'm just going to maybe call on somebody raising their hands or I might hear something. I have no rules. I don't like rules. They're boring. Uh, so that's okay. But don't, like, the only rule is don't be an idiot, okay? Um, <clears throat> Andrew, Le- LeBron James? <laughs> you almost got a t-shirt just for being funny. Um, I, I, I need help. Define this for me. Define this for me. A successful person. Now, don't give me, don't say, Jesus, don't give me like that. I'm, I'm saying, like, According to the world, according to, you don't even know what I'm asking yet. All you people with your hands up. Okay, uh, are you cold? (laughs) It's like cozy central here in front and center. A successful person, according to the world, according to that, a successful person is someone who blank. A successful person is someone who and by the way, if, what'd you say? No, red shirt. What'd you say? Makes money. Now, listen, I'm going to give you a shirt if you answer some of the answers that the leading experts in our world say are most successful people. And that is one of them. One of them is to make money. All I got left, let me see what sizes I got left here. Large, extra large, 5,000? I don't even know what that means. I'm just kidding. All right, so I got two more answers and I got two more shirts. I want high school students. These are larger shirts right here. These are XLs, all right? Or if you just don't care and you just want an XL, that's fine. But I want high school students, if you can. A successful person is someone who blank. Well, that's you, what does that mean, though? Right here. Has a family. That's a good one. I've, do I have that here? Hang on, let me see if I put that on mine. You know what? I like that. I like that. Has a family. The reason I like that, I don't have that exactly. But that's like a status that we all want, right? That's what success is if you don't have this status being a family. Some of that. Yeah, let me get a back rower. Black shirt. Wealthy. We already said money. Homeboy said money over here. Yeah. Yeah. Who we got? Yeah. Is that Austin? I can't tell. I can't see. Yeah. Achieve the goals achieves goals. Yeah, I like that. Um, Successful at life achieves goals. Give me a what goal? What goal? Fame. That's it. That's the one I needed. Um, so yeah, so fame. So in our world, success is like, I have a status, I have a family, I gained all this stuff, or I gained fame, or I gained money. Matter of fact, here's what the leading Sources say there were like 50 of these people. I chose the top 50 most successful people in the world. I chose three. I didn't even know who they were. But here we go. Here we go. These are them. Here's the face of them. Do you know who this is? This is one of the most successful people in the world. Anybody? Anybody? Raise your hand if you know who this is. I didn't. I'll tell you who it is. I don't know what you said, but I'm sure it's funny. Here's who she is. Listen. Her name is Chloe Kim. She's 19 years old. She's one of the most successful people in the world because she's become the youngest half-pipe medalist in Olympic history in 2018. So she won a half-pipe thingy at age 19. Therefore, she is the most successful people in the world. In the world. Great. I'm sure she's a wonderful human being, but that's how we define success. She won a snow thingy, right, I guess. Is that skateboard? Is that snowboard? I don't know. Go to the next one. Look at this guy, Bill Gates. <laughs> Look at this guy, I love the picture. Everybody imitate him for a minute. Yeah. Okay, nobody imitate him, just ignore me, whatever. We'll talk about it later. Who's this guy? His name. I'm going to give you a prize if you guess him and nobody guesses him. His name is? Tom Brady. His name is Logan Green. He's 34 years old. He is the co-founder and CEO of Lyft. Valued, listen to this, listen to this, listen to this. Look at me, listen. Valued at $23.4 billion. So how did we judge success for this guy? How much money he makes. He makes a lot of money okay here's this last lady her name girl her her name was on your quiz i didn't know her until i i can't hear you so you all win here's who she is her name is kylie jenner she's 21 she is the world's youngest billionaire she's the world's youngest billionaire so listen according to the world Success revolves around a few things power, position, wealth, fame would probably go under power, position. There's another one that I found. It was the youngest congresswoman. She's 29 when she was elected. Great. I don't know who she is, but we say she's successful because of her power. So here's the deal listen to me, listen to me, listen to me. The world says this to all of you in the room. If you want to be successful, you've either got to have a position of power. You've got to have a lot of money. You've got to gain a status of that perfect family. You've got to have something to show for it to be successful. Therefore, you've got to go out and you've got to prove yourself. You've got to work hard at it. Now, working hard is good, but what I'm saying is we've got to do that at all costs. If you don't, you don't live a truly successful life. So my question to you this morning is, what does God say? about a successful life. What is true success in life? Because if it's becoming a billionaire at age 29 or doing a half-pipe thingy so well that you beat everybody else in 2018, or if it's becoming a point, $23.4 billion company, let me tell you, a lot of us in this room are gonna be utter failures. Yeah, I've inspired you. Listen, if success is defined by the world, If the world gets to do that, then let me tell you what's true. Let me tell you what's true, and I'm serious. If the world gets to define success, what true success is, then let me tell you, if you don't make the team or the squad or the whatever that you try out for or the band, then you, by the world's definition, are a failure. If you don't make the team, the squad, the thing, the band, the whatever, and then become a starting person, a main person, a first chair, if you don't achieve that, then let me tell you, you are a failure according to the world. And let me tell you, if you ask the girl out and she says, no, get away from me, you creep, then you are a failure. And let me tell you, girls, if the guys never ask you out according to the world, according to the world, then you are are a failure. If you don't get into the college you want to get into because your grades aren't quite there, then the world tells you you are a failure. If you get a low enough score, it's not an A, it's not a B, it's not a C, it's not a D, it's an What does that stand for? They tell you in the score you failed. You failed because you're not smart enough. So listen to me. Come back to me. I love your energy. I'm, I'm prodding it. But listen to me, if the world is in charge of defining success, then all of those things make you a failure. If your family right now, your mom and dad, if they can't afford nice things for you, and other people can, the car that they drive or the car that they'll be able to buy for you to drive, if that's not a nice one, the world says, then you and your family are failures. If you don't have a huge house if you don't go into the military right out of school, if you don't make the AB a B honor roll or the A on a roll, then you are a failure. This is what the world says. Because the opposite of success is... Okay, so if the world is saying true success is money and power and fame and position, then let me tell you something. If you don't gain all of those things your whole life at every step, then you are a failure. Here's the thing. Everybody wants to succeed in something if you say I don't you're either lying trying to be funny or possibly you've just tried to be successful your whole life and you failed at it and you're so discouraged you're just now saying forget it I'm never gonna be a, a successful person I'm always gonna be a failure or you just want some attention and some Oh, I'm so sorry and so you're saying you're a failure but everybody wants to be successful so here is the question if the world tells me those things are true success Can they be achieved by everybody all the time? No, they can't. Can they be achieved, the world's definition of success, by a few people? Obviously, yes. Now, let me ask you this. If we went to Logan, whoever, the CEO of Lyft, and we asked him, let's assume he doesn't know the Lord. Let's assume he just lives for Lyft. I don't know the man. I don't know anything about him. If we asked him about his family, about his joy about his life, about his purpose, about his vision, about fulfillment. Let's imagine he doesn't know those things. Can he simply say, I've got great joy, great fulfillment, great all, everything's great, because, simply because, one reason, because I own lift. He cannot. So I am going to tell you something, that true success, you have been lied to, and it is not what the world says. Listen to me, please. I'm not being funny anymore. You have been lied to because the world doesn't get to tell you what success is. Only God does. Only God does. Because, listen, more successful than Lyft man who owns a bunch of, doesn't even own anything, pays people to drive people around, he's not as successful as the God who spoke creation into existence. God could look down at Lyft and go, that's cute. You made cars, I made earth right? So, so it's not even comparison. It's funny because it's not even in reality, but there is something we've got to, and here's the deal. You're, you're sixth grade through twelfth grade in this room. If you're a twelfth grader, you've got real big problems because success is now knocking on your door. You don't have the excuse anymore of I'm just a student. You're in high school. You're going, oh, my grades count, my GPA, and I got to do this, and sports are calling, and college are calling, and all this, and if I don't make it, I'm a failure. That's what the world says. I've got to show you something. I've shown you this text before in a different way, so don't feel like I heard him teach this. I'm not teaching this in another way. It's one of my favorites. But I want to show you a story we call the rich young ruler. It's in Mark chapter 10. If you have your Bibles, I want you to go there. Because success is not what you've been told. Success is impossible to be defined by the world. And even if the world does define it that way, it's impossible to achieve. You know Why? Because success is revealed by God, it is not, cannot, never will be measured by the world. This is what we're going to see in the first part of the story. Because here's why I choose this story to tell you what true success is. I I choose this story to tell you about true success because if there was a successful person in the uh, New Testament story right here, if there was a, during that time in Israel, if there was a successful person, it would be this man, the rich he got all the money. <clears throat> young, that was a status symbol. That was power. That was position. I mean, he had everything in front of him. He was. This is what we call him, the rich, young ruler. He had a great position of authority and power there. This is one of the most successful men that lived during this time. So if we're going to look at success, we've got to look at one of the most successful men. This is like taking a picture of Logan Green or whoever else or... Kylie Jenner she's a billionaire by makeup I think so we would take them and say all right here's the most successful man and he's going to encounter Jesus and he encounters him in in Mark chapter 10 and he walks up to him and here's what he's gonna gonna have I want you to catch something I want you to see through the lens of the story a perspective of success because there's going to be a collision of worldly success and godly success. And the worldly success is going to leave this man discouraged. If you've been discouraged because you felt like a failure, look at me, 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 look at me. If you've been discouraged because you feel like a failure, it's not because you're a failure. It's because you have the wrong idea of what success is. If you feel like, listen to me, guys, if you feel like you failed in anything, it's not because you did. It's because your perspective is wrong. You don't know what true success is. Let me show you. Not what I think it is, but what God thinks it is. Because true success is revealed by God. It is not measured by the world. The world can't tell you a billionaire now is successful. No, God does. Here's what happens in Mark chapter 10, verse 17. In verse 17, he was sitting out, uh, setting out on his journey, and the man, this is a rich young ruler, he ran up and he knelt before Jesus, that's who him is, and he asked him, good teacher, what must I do to inherit eternal life? Here's a man who is used to working hard. He's used to being successful in the world's eyes, and he goes to Jesus. He's heard of this man. He's heard of this miracle man. He's heard he's the God-man, the Messiah, the Christ to come. And so this rich young ruler has something missing, right? Because according to the world, he's truly successful, but in his heart, something's still missing. So he goes to the one man he thinks might be able to answer his question of what is missing in my life. Because I am not truly successful, but I've checked all the boxes the world has to offer. I always go back to Tom. You're talking about Tom Brady. Tom Brady, he's won like 500 Super Bowls. And after his last one, he goes, it's great. And they say, how does it feel? It's great. of one of these Super Bowls, but there's still something missing in my life. That's what he said. You see, he's got all the success, this guy. But he goes to Jesus because something's missing. And he kneels before him. He kneels before him out of respect. Or is this like, if this is God, I'm going to be careful here. He also kneels before him because he knows how to, how to kind of appease people and please people. He's a rich Young ruler. He's a successful man according to the world. And then the world's definition, even of spiritual success. Think about this one. The world tells you that spiritual success is how good you are, how much you go to church, how much you read your Bible. That's what this guy's gonna do. He's gonna go and say, Okay, I want spiritual success. That's what I'm missing. So he runs up and kneels before Jesus, says, Good teacher, what do I gotta do? You tell me, and I'll do it. You've heard this sermon preached that sometimes so he he's asking the wrong question. It's entirely true because you don't do anything other than receive Jesus. But he's ready to work because that's what the world has told him success is. Spiritual success, you work for it, and then Jesus is going to Jesus-juke him here. Jesus said to him, why do you call me good? He doesn't even answer his question. He goes, why would you call me good? <laughs> because he's highlighting this word, good, successful, perfect. Why did you call me good? Because, he said, let me tell you something, no one is good except God alone. So, in other words, if you want to be truly successful, you've got to be perfectly good. And let me tell you, no one is that except God alone. So, rich young ruler, you've succeeded in all the things the world has to offer, but you're still missing something. You're asking me of spiritual success, of true success. You're asking me the wrong question, true, but you're also labeling me a really key question here. Because if you call me good... You're calling me God. And if you want to be good enough to be successful spiritually, you're going to have to be as good as God. That's what he's telling you. So true success is revealing, Jesus is revealing this to him. He's, He's getting to this guy's perspective that's off, it's skewed, it's messed up. He doesn't know what success is. His definition, Jesus's, of spiritual success is to first, you've got to acknowledge that only God is good, and you'll never be good enough on this earth. And really, here's what he's going to say, is true success, it is attainable, but not, with, uh, but not without God. You can be successful, rich young ruler, but you've got to have God to do that. You can't have all your kingdoms and all these things and all your money. You've got to do that, because he, he says in 19, you know the commandments, right, rich young man? Do not watch it. How many commandments are there? Ten. Y'all count with me here. You ready? He said to him, Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal. Do not bear false witness. Do not defraud. Honor your father and mother. That's it. How many is this? Y'all are so smart. Did Jesus forget four of the commandments? I wonder why he just labels those. You know why? Because success is attainable, but not without God. He asks this man these these six, and then the man says what? Look what he says. He said to him, teacher, all these I've done. I've kept all of them for my youth. Jesus asked him six because those he knows that he could actually do. Name one that Jesus didn't say. He said that one what's okay that'll work yeah yeah have no other god before me because what if jesus had to ask a rich young ruler hey have you kept have no other god before me what would he have had to say nope i haven't done that one why what's the god that he is placing before jesus money money good y'all are so smart y'all are like brilliant He's money. He couldn't ask him that. So Jesus is like, like baiting him here a little bit. He's bringing him along because he's changing his perspective of success. And he says this, so you've kept those. Great. And he said, yeah, I did them all all for my youth. Aren't you, aren't you excited? He goes, yeah, really, I'm excited. But let me tell you something. Jesus, looking at him, he loved him. This is why I'm speaking to you, and this is why I'm trying to tell you of true success, because I love you. It does me no good, but it will change your life radically. If you can understand a perspective of true success, you will not find it down here, guys. And if you think you did, then you won't achieve it. And then if you don't achieve it, you'll feel like a failure, and then you'll wonder why. And you'll think, man, if I can only get this, I'll be successful. And you won't, even if you get it. Jesus loved him because he saw this rich young ruler who has this genuine heart. But he goes, dude, you don't get it. He said to him, okay, okay, listen, you've, you've followed six of the commandments, but you lack one thing. Go and sell all that you have give away your idol give away the god that's before me and you'll have treasure in heaven and follow me the god man says to him make the trade trade the world's definition of success for my definition of success Because if you pursue it in the world, you'll never find it. And when you think you found it, it'll fail you and you'll feel like a failure. And it'll leave you utterly destroyed. But if you want true success, put away the false gods and follow me. Follow me. Because true success is attainable. But only when it's following God. Only when we develop a perspective of success that is God's because he created it. You may like board games. You may not like board games. You might like certain ones more than others. But you know what? If you play Monopoly, then you got to play Monopoly by the rules because somebody created Monopoly, and that's how the game is played. If you like Settlers of Catan, you're weird. But if you do then you got to play it by the rules. You know why? Because whoever created that game created it to be played a certain way, and that's how you've got to do it. Here's the deal. I can't be successful in Monopoly if I play it a different way. I can't be successful in Catan if I play it a different way. You cannot be successful in life if you try to play the game a way that is not designed to be played. And the person that spoke it into existence, the agent of creation, is the same man, Jesus, who's talking to the rich young ruler. He said, you're playing the game the wrong way. There's no way you can be successful. There's no way you can be successful because this guy can't give up his love of money, his love of success, because those things define him. Those things give him value. But then not enough value or he wouldn't be at Jesus' feet right now, but he is. We look at the world to provide success. I was talking to a guy. I've made friends with this guy. He's actually a waiter at a place. I go to a restaurant a lot. And uh, I was talking to him last night, actually, and I always have him over at our table, and I got him a Christmas card. And I just handed him this Christmas card, and he was talking to me for a little bit. I said, hey, where are you from? I'm from Austin. Are you really? I'm here. Great. Awesome. And I said, man, what do you want to do? He's a young guy. He's probably 20 years old. He said, I said, what do you want to do? He said, man, I don't have any dreams anymore He's a waiter. I was like, really? Why? And he said, mine got crushed when I, injured my, when I tore my, knee, my ACL. I said, really? What were they? He just said, football, man. I was supposed to play here. I was going to do this. And my dreams are crushed. So I just wait tables now. And I went, man, this is a guy who just thinks success was in his football career in that, whatever, that status, that fame, whatever. And when his knee goes out, guess what? Life is over. So just wait tables now. And I was like, bro, life isn't, I said, your dreams aren't crushed. Your dreams are just different. And you don't know it yet. And I can't wait to go back and have more conversations with my friend that I've made at this restaurant that I always sit in his, in his section and, and have these conversations with this guy because his perspective's just wrong. Life isn't over because he failed at his uh, mission of success in football. But guess what? It was one injury away from absolutely destroying his life. That's what he would think. He said, my, he said this to me. He barely knows me. My dreams are crushed. He has no idea I'm a pastor. He has no idea what I do. He just knows I like my hamburger medium with cheese and mustard and mayonnaise. That's all he knows. That's funny. Anyway, thank you. <laughs> Turning into dad jokes over here. Just don't judge me. Listen to this. I've kept them from my youth. Jesus said, I love you. Come follow me. The verse 22 should break your heart. This is the only person in the Bible that is ever specifically asked by Jesus to follow him, and he does not. He's also the only person in the Bible who approaches Jesus for help, and Jesus gives it to him, and he leaves disheartened or sad. Disheartened by the saying, he went away. He went away sorrowful, for he had great possessions. He wouldn't make the trade. He wouldn't change his perspective of what success is. He said, no, Jesus, I'm going to still pursue being a rich, young ruler. Not a follower of Jesus. I, I won't follow you because I can't give up my idol. Idols die hard, don't they? They? I do. You ever heard the saying, professional athletes die twice? It's a saying of like when you, if you're, you know, Tony Romo and you retire from the NFL, you die that day because your identity's gone. You're no longer a football player. You die that day and then you'll die again when you go to be with the Lord or whatever. But in a sense, that's what he's asking this guy to do. Die twice. Die to everything that you, that defines you. Because it's never given you the success you've pursued. Then he says this as he continues on. He's going to give this teachable moment. He's going to give this teachable moment because he's going to turn to his disciples, who've seen this whole thing transpire, and he's going to turn to his disciples, and he's going to give them a teachable moment. Here's the teachable moment. His teachable moment is simply this. True success is given by God. It is not gained through the world. <clears throat> Here's how he's going to say it. Verse uh, 23, he looked around at his disciples. How difficult it will be for those who have wealth to enter the kingdom of God. Meaning, People that have wealth, they think that they're identified in that. They think they've succeeded there. And they're not going to see their need to have Jesus be their success for them. And all they need to do is follow him. The disciples were amazed at his words. But Jesus said to them, children, how difficult it is to enter the kingdom of God. Did you not hear me? This guy is not successful. It's easier for a camel to go through the eye of a needle than a rich person to enter the kingdom of God. It's going to take a miracle. A camel cannot make it through the eye of a needle. This is an actual needle. This isn't the gate and the thing, and if you've heard of that, this is an actual needle because it will take a miracle for this to happen. It will take a miracle for you to change your perspective from truly success being in God and not in the world. 26, they were exceedingly astonished. They said to him, then, then who, who, who can be saved? Because if the rich young ruler can't, like he's a good guy. They're like, oh, hey, we've, our daughters are like lined up to marry this dude. We want to be in his family. He's a great guy. So if, if he can't be saved, then who can? Jesus looked at them and said, with man, it's impossible. There's no work. There's no effort. There's no status. There's no amount of money. There's nothing humans can do to be successful. But not with God for all things are possible with God that you a fallen sinful human can be truly successful but you've got to change your perspective on what success is the world cannot offer it only God can yet God would offer it not by our efforts but by his God would offer it through his son Jesus he would offer the entry to success through the death on a cross where Jesus dies, offers his righteousness, and we offer our sin. We offer our failures to become successful because we would rely on his success on the cross. But this begins our journey. It begins our journey. It's not the end. Salvation is the beginning. Now we live life with a different perspective of what success is. Listen to me. I'm going I'm to hit some of you where it hurts for just a minute. You okay with that? Don't raise your hand, don't smirk, nothing like that, but isn't it true that some of you just wish your dad would focus on being a more successful father than a successful businessman? Don't some of you just wish your mom would try to be more successful at just being loving and kind and controlling and uh, angry? I'm not knocking your mom or dad. Don't some of you wish that you could put away your idol of your status? And don't you wish that you could focus a little more on your success being to love God with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength rather than loving yourself with all your heart, mind, soul, and strength? If your dad focuses on making money, it's not that he doesn't love you. It's that his success is aimed in the wrong direction. If your dad doesn't know the Lord, which I know a lot of you that way, He's just like the rich young ruler. He's not a bad guy. His perspective just hasn't changed. If he is a believer, trust me, as a dad, I think I'm a failure all the time with my kids. I fail because I couldn't buy them the right Lego set. I fail because my house isn't as cool as I hope it is for them. I feel like a failure all the time. I know my perspective is wrong. I'm a believer, I love Jesus, I follow him. But i feel the same way so it's not that, uh, that i'm trying to be a bad dad it's that my perspective has changed sometimes as a mom <clears throat> your mom loves you more than anybody on w- in the world you just might not know it because uh sometimes perspective gets changed and i'm not saying don't you go home saying jason said you're a bad mom because your perspective needs to change stop check out the log in your own eye all right don't don't be pulling other people's speck out i'm just saying this is the reality of it Because everything hangs in the balance of you changing this perspective. But here's the problem. If true success was for status, money, or fame, you'd never get it. God wouldn't be impressed. If true success um, was all that, then then why is this man still searching? If true success was all that, then why is he coming to Jesus anyway? If if that's truly successful, this man was it, and he obviously isn't. So what's it going to take For you to change your perspective. Because here's one thing I can't do. I can't give you the answer in one sermon. But I'm going to give you the first step. Everybody listen to me and I'm going to tell you the the first step that you might want to do. What will it it take to change your perspective? And here's the other question you need to ask. What hangs in the balance if you don't? What hangs in the balance if you don't? Well, I'll tell you. I can't tell you that. You will be a failure. You know why? Because you'll never find success in the world. You'll only find it in God. So... What's it going to take? It's going to take one of two things, generally speaking. It's going to take an incredible disaster in your life for you to realize you failed at trying to be successful in the world. And you're going to have to realize that didn't work, and you've got to come to Jesus just like he did, the rich young ruler. Or you'll take the easy way. And by God's grace, he will show you, miraculously, I have a needle, what true success is. We are giving you an advantage here. You have the option of taking the hard road, and if you do, you're going to have to be perfect, successful in the world's eyes, make a lot of money, make all the teams, never get rejected, all of these things, and you're going to have to realize at some point the best thing that will happen is you'll fail at those things and realize they won't bring you success. That's one way you can do it. Our prayer for you, if that's you, is you'll hit rock bottom quickly, and that won't take till you're 50 years old. That's one way to do it. Or you can take the easy way, which is God's grace. This is the last thing I want to tell you. Maybe it's just taking the step. When Jesus says, trust me, follow me, this is success, being Jesus, not the world. So for some of you, you just got to get started for this easy road. You've got a chance. Let me tell you some ways to do it. Maybe for some of you, just get into a huddle group. That's it. Maybe that's the first step for you. Come on a Wednesday night. Maybe for some of you, you're already in one and you just don't take it seriously because you're too insecure in who you are and you just want to make jokes the whole time. Why don't you just take it seriously? Why don't you get into a huddle group and tell your leader, I just want to learn true success. Maybe you're already in a huddle group. Why don't you go to your leader and you say, hey, there's, you know, in huddle group, it's awesome, but I want to go further, faster. I want you and me. Will you give me? And here's Billy. Billy wants to come too. And we want you. We want to tell you about how stupid we are with this thing that we did. And we want you to help us. Will you meet with us every week? Chick-fil-A, the Christian chicken place. Will you meet with us there? Wherever you want to go. Starbucks, the heathen coffee place, whatever. (laughs) It's great. Go to Starbucks. I don't care. I love Starbucks. Christmas plans are the best. So listen, that may be something you need to do. For some of you, it's real simple. Sign up for Sports World. Yeah. Learn what it's like to live for something greater than yourself, at least for a week. For some of you, you're going to Romania. You've already signed up. Some of you have missed it. Sign up next year. Go travel to a foreign country where you're living for something greater than yourself. Some of you, it's join a ministry team, band, worship, tech, greeting, blah, 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 blah. There's tons of them. For some of you become a student leader, become a student leader. And for all of you, I want to introduce something to you that we want to make sure you know about before any of the world does. Drew Anderson, great friend of mine has started a program called our gap program here at Denton Bible church. Um, i am in these meetings with all of them and i'm helping out don't worry about it but one thing i've told them i said i want our students to be the first to the opportunity to be part of this somebody asked me the other day hey, said so, hey jason you're a part of all that aren't you yeah, yeah i am I, I behind the scenes I said would you really want your kids to go to that i said absolutely absolutely i hope all three of my boys go to the gap program i hope it's still here and if you're a senior and you're graduating you're a junior or you're anybody um listen there's something next sunday I want a lot of you to come to. Anybody, you're bored, it's free food. If it's not, I'll tell Drew to buy you food. Uh, it's over in the fellowship hall right after this service next Sunday. Go over there. Listen to what Drew has to say. It is, the most, it is one of the most unique. Trust me, I've researched them. Special, um, impactful gap programs that I've ever heard. We're just. It was pilot year this year. It's kind of a secret guinea pig year because we wanted to do all the kinks and failures now and work them out. Girls, uh, we're opening it up not this year but next year to girls simply for the fact if we don't have a girl staff who can lead you as personally and as well as we want, Drew can't do that. Um, Yeah, laugh because he can't. Yeah, We need a girl to do that. But guys, this is an incredible opportunity. Here's what it will do. It will give you, this is what it will do. It will give you a definition of true success before you go out to the military, to college, to the workforce, whatever it is you want to do. I really want you to consider this um, it's it's an incredible program I don't get a bonus check if you sign up for it I'm being serious if you're a freshman start thinking about it if you're in middle school just sign up for Sports World okay but uh, you'll get there you'll get there you'll get there if you're a senior you need to be there next next Sunday if you're a junior you need to be there next Sunday uh, especially if you're a girl if you're a junior if you're a girl and you a senior sorry you're one year off but um, it's a really incredible program because here's the deal. Whether it's joining a huddle group, whether it's meeting with your leader outside of huddle group time, whether it's uh, being a part of sports world for the first time or going to Romania or doing something drastic like getting in a, dra- a gap program, this is what it's going to take to change your perspective of what true success is. Because it won't just come to you. Because the world has lied to you. And what, what we are being taught is true success is money, power, and fame. And it will leave you just like the rich young ruler. So, Father, as we go from here, would you teach us what true success is? Lord, would you plug us into a genuine community of people who would point us in that direction, not a friend group that would point us the wrong way? Father, I do pray that you would expose us to more and more ways um, to really combat the lie the world tells us what success is. That success is surrendering our lives to Jesus to loving you with all of our heart, mind, soul, and strength, to, to um, considering others more greater than ourselves, and to living a life pleasing to you, loving and kind. So God, would you make us that way? In Jesus' name, amen.